Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to the Thanks for Trying podcast, episode six, hosted by myself, The Last Skeptic, with my very special guests, Sam Duckworth, aka Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly, and Gary Powell of The Libertines. As always, the Thanks for Trying podcast has been recorded in my front room in front of a bunch of mates, so things get real fucking sweary, and there's a lot of smutty shit being spoken. Thank you so much to Monte Alban, Mescal, for getting us all drunk really drunk and shout out to Seb White for recording the show enjoy ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode six of the thanks for trying podcast uh hosted by myself the last skeptic um i'm very i'm honored today because i've got two great friends of mine here joining me in my front room with my pals and that's gary powell of the libertines and sam duckworth yeah 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 Now, I've been saying to you, Gary, for like the past 20 minutes to not talk to me because I had about so many things to talk to you about and I wanted to, to save them until we were on air. Well, you know, I want to talk to you now. You didn't, want, <laughs> you didn't want to talk to me then. Maybe I don't want to talk to you now. That's quite deep, man. That well, you're going to have deep. to talk to me because you came in here brandishing a directed by Wes Anderson pin on your jacket. You called it a pin. Yeah, no one well. else calls it a pin. I call it a pin. You call it a pin. Yeah. That's I'm really funny. impressed, man. I'm really did you wear that him. specifically? Because you know I'm a, a geek for Wes Anderson. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> God, tell me you did. Yeah, tell, make yeah, me no, feel no, special. No, absolutely, but that's exactly why I did it. What's your yeah. favorite Wes Anderson film? Hit me. I don't want to know if it's the same as mine. Well, you're the, you're, you tell me. Obviously, it's The Life Aquatic. Obviously. Come on now. Ah, okay. You're giving me the side eye. Sam, ah, do ah. you have a favorite Wes Anderson oh, film? Feeling Limited. You know what? I love Darjeeling Limited, yeah, and people hate that film. Yeah, people hate good things, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they really I do. did like the Darjeeling Limited, but I, but it, for me, it is kind of a life aquatic. Couple that with with um, with um, with with the, with the with the Bowie Brazilian soundtrack as well. That you, that that was what, what's his name? Uh, so George. Yeah, yeah. So George. Whoa, were you kidding me? Whoa, genius. I just I love everything about that film. That's definitely number one, and then I think Darjeeling number two. Just purely because I want to go on trains around India now, which is what I'm planning to do, just to recreate that entire film. <laughs> that, the that is the plan. Um, how are you, Sam, man? I'm I've, very good. I feel like I've, I've been blessed because I've seen you so many times in the past three weeks. This is a record, isn't <laughs> this it? This is crazy. <laughs> I've hardly seen you for like two years and then all in one. Um, you've been really fucking busy at the moment. Very busy. This is, this is quite odd, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's crazy. This is quite an odd scenario. And we've, we haven't aged a day, which is really nice. Which is great, yeah. Uh, you no, both look as young and beautiful as we you did in 2009. You You're only 25, so... Yeah, I'm straight, baby. That's pretty Wear good. It up. <laughs> and you've been... Tell, tell, could tell a little something, because like the th- last thing that I did with you was the, the Summer of Love thing, which mm. I think is very fascinating. And one of the, the reasons I was quite excited to get you both on the Thanks for Trying podcast together um, is because you, you both very political and, and, and we share a lot of the same kind of opinion on stuff and I wanted you to tell you know to talk a lot about well you know talk about the summer of love thing to get you know let's to explain it a little bit because it was a fucking brilliant concept well I think for the benefit of people listening on the podcast I'm I'm brown so I, <laughs> I, uh, I noticed the kind of tension touring quite a lot like bizarrely a lot of the places that I tend to do really well um, touring wise or at least certainly the, the crowds that are the most interesting are places that are now referred to as leave towns right you know and mm. um, so it's been kind of three months in the run up to the referendum playing in these places and I saw firstly I saw the terrible DIY banner making skills of places in England you know what I mean There's, at least if you're going to have an immigrants out banner in your house at least like don't get your kids to write it do you know what I mean <laughs> but, but there was lots of bad spelling lots of crayon the spelling was all right. Okay, it's just, you good. know, they have no rulers. Right, you know what I mean? like, okay. But, um, Especially yeah. if you spell immigrant with an E. Ah, okay. And a Z somewhere <laughs> in there. That just sounds like a good rap group, to be honest. <laughs> Emigrants. <laughs> I'll join that group. Why do you say that here? You could have saved that. <laughs> yeah, I could have oh. saved that. Yeah, just, I kind of, uh, I could sense tension. Mm. And it was odd because, I mean, I was in this weird situation about a week before the referendum. I was like, I should put money on this. But I didn't particularly want to put money on an outcome that I was not necessarily, uh, well, hoping to see. And um, yeah, as soon as that happened, I was at at Glastonbury at the weekend. And to be honest, there wasn't a better place to find out that that it had gone the way that I kind of expected it to go. And um, it was about 4am when I found out. And, you know, it's 4am at Glastonbury, so I was was quite happy, shall we say. Had one or two shandies. Yeah, one or two. And uh, yeah... I spent the weekend in the left field just kind of talking to people and finding out, I think because everybody was kind of so obsessed with the, um, you know, the potential Labour split and, Mm. you know, the Corbyn coup or the chicken coup, as it's been called, because (laughs) everything needs 50 names in the Labour Party. And, um, yeah, just trying to work out what to do next. And um, I kind of took the opposite reaction. I think a lot of people are really angry and really kind of frustrated. And my first thought was, why? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Why in the places where there's the highest subsidies is there the highest leave vote? Mm. So it's just about trying to organise events around the country, basically, to get people together to have group discussions, conversations, but also, like, to get together in the same room with people that they don't know. Yeah. You know, I think that everything's so kind of divided into subculture or divided into, you know, whether it's religion, whether it's music, everyone's kind of in groups, Mm. but nobody at those groups don't really cross over as much. And this is to connect people no matter how they voted. Yeah, exactly. Because, um, you know, I I haven't asked the question because I think it's a good idea not to, but I'm fairly confident that the vast majority of my family voted leave. Wow. You know, especially on my, you know, the Burmese side of my family. Do you right. know what I mean? Or, you know, not all of them, but you just don't know. Do you know what it's I mean? Kind of I like think shut the door behind us kind of yeah. thing. Well, looking at Birmingham as well, do you know what I mean? 75% pretty much in yeah. areas yeah. of Birmingham, the highest areas of, you know, of immigration mm. in the UK in the last 50 years. Mm. So I don't, I don't necessarily think it was a referendum on that. Yeah. And that's a danger to me anyway of calling referendums. 
you know, yeah. without quantifiable plans afterwards. Yeah, it's exactly. just like a, it's a yes, no change vote. Yeah, exactly. Do you want change? And who the yeah. fuck knows where we are right now, you know? And it's, it's mad. But it's slowed a little bit, do you know what I mean? And that's been yeah. the interesting thing. Like, the Summer Love is so reactionary to start with. Yeah. That, you know, they, it was that sense of, okay, this is happening. And now there's this weird uncertainty. It's almost like everybody's mm. woken up a few days after, you know, a big party and gone, oh, shit, what have I done? Where am I? What house am I in? Yeah. yeah. True. Whose clothes am I wearing? That kind of normal stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you, so have you, I'm guessing, because you're quite political, Gary, on, on online as well. And like, you're, you're very vocal about it. Have you come, a, have you come up against a lot of, if you argued with people, because I definitely I fa- have. I, I found myself arguing with people and then yeah. kind of stopped myself because I don't think right now is the time to argue with people. Yeah. And it's really interesting that what, what you're actually doing, because I'm actually attempting to do something similar um, in the beginning of September, or hopefully um, all things planned, we're going to be hosting um, um, an event or a couple of events at um, Brixton Academy called Unity Rocks. And it's, and, and it's, its main purpose is to actually... Um, not to not to concentrate so much on the fact that people have actually voted Brexit or voted in, but actually to concentrate on the fact that regardless of the way you voted, um, mm. we're kind of in this no matter what. I, I could have voted out, you could have voted in, we can argue the task, but it's still... Doesn't change the fact so, yeah. that like jobs mm. are going to be crap. Um, the value of the pound is going down. Um, intolerance has increased around yeah. us. You know, we're not we're not in a unified we're not in a unified state anymore. Um, mm. The idea of this of this actually being a united kingdom right now is kind mm. of a mm. bit of a joke. Yeah, it's united by it's kind of no. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a giant. It is. It really has. It really has been magnified. It, it, you know, yeah. Brexit. The one thing. The, the one good thing that Brexit has actually done is kind of like brought all the reeds and all the crap to the surface so we can actually all see actually exactly. what is going on. The problem that we have right now is that I think a lot of people are actually treating and treating it as if it is it is kind of a cancerous cell that has come about because of Brexit. No, right. no, it's not because of Brexit. Exactly. It's because it, it's actually giving people the the opportunity mm. to voice their opinions. That's what it has done. But yeah. was it there before? Yeah, it was there before. It, it, it's, it's given kind a voice of to that one there. guy you went to uni with that, yeah. that always hid behind the pint when you were talking about some, you know, some, mm. some legitimate shit. And, and now yeah. he's gone, actually, yeah. And he's given Get those a- guys out of my country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. And it's given a voice to the voiceless. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's the first proportional representation, you know, vote that we've had in, you know, in, mm-hmm. in well, in my lifetime. Yep. Just the idea that it's, you know, we're not tied by the traditional boundaries mm-hmm. of politics and it's a yes, no question or it's yeah. a, my vote's going to be the same as everybody else's vote. Yeah. You know, I think that that's kind of empowered lots of, well, it's empowered lots of different <laughs> sections of bullshit, yeah, basically. Right. It really has. It it's, really got, has. It's, a com- you know, it's a combination, I think, that, you, you know, seeing what's going down in the left of Labour, like mm-hmm. the, it's brought the worst in that out. Oh, yeah. You know, it's almost like the best political strategy right now is just hold tight. Like, Tim Farron's yeah, going down, to, isn't he? Just yeah. sit, down, yeah. sit down. Don't say Everybody anything. Chill. Avoid say the no. cameras. Get some popcorn. Chill, baby, chill. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you end up a leader. Yeah. And you yeah, exactly. end up a leader. Um, you know what? Uh, politics aside for now, I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, what I was thinking of today, uh, I had some, as I was like, I was about to write down something. Usually I write like a couple points that I want to talk to my guests about. And then, uh, and then I thought, no, today I'm not going to. I, I knew you- it. Knew it. He write shit down. <laughs> no, I don't write nothing down. Write no, I'm not. Down. I'm not writing it down. You know why? Because I know you both so well. That I don't need to write it down. Good save. And uh, and one of the things I was thinking about, where I chuckled to myself, was um, when me and you went to Budapest. 
because I thought you know that that was that was a time so we we were uh, did Love Music Hate Racism show uh, Seaget Festival so we headlined Seaget Festival uh, it was a lot of people some people say it was fifty thousand I still say seventy thousand it was a lot of people. <laughs> It was a lot of people, and uh, and it was like this conglomerate of, of of musicians. You know, this this menagerie of amazing musicians that came together and did mm-hmm. this show together. Well, including like people like Hobbit, Beatbox, Incredible Beatboxer, and then you had um, like lots of like old punks as well. And then you had Sam singing and and me like scratching and all that stuff. And the wild card, Jimmy Percy. Jimmy Percy from Sham Sixty Nine, the wild card. Um, Drew McConnell, yeah, Baby Shambles, True, cool. yeah. Um, and it was incredible and we had a sick time in Budapest and I was just thinking back about that and how like. drunk we got afterwards and how I tried <laughs> you <nick him>. <laughs> <laughs> the worst drink ever what did you drink? it's a thing called Unicum Unicum what is that? Unicum it's awful it sounds it sounds like if you've um, if you've made some herbal tea and just left it in the sun for about three years and yeah. then just drunk it basically it's awful it's, it's like Ye- it's like Jägermeister times ten isn't it? oh wow and it would set you off. I just, I just remember fun. filling. It's a, fun. Yeah, I remember we. I filled a bin with sick before we left for the airport that the day after, and that was to do with that. I think <laughs> weren't alone. <laughs> but no, you were fucking fantastic in that show, and I, I think everyone was. But um, the the thing that I remembered most today that I kind of, I think I'd uh, maybe I'd hidden it in the depths of my mind that this happened because it was such an embarrassing but hilarious scenario is that our final song was um, Killing in the Name Of. We did a cover of Killing in the Name Of with uh, Rage. And um, and it was all of us just kind of like, and I was scratching on the chorus. And it was, and I had a, I had a mic in front of me. Loki was there as well. Yeah. So Loki was doing, you know, a little rap in the middle. And my plan was to run out on stage after, you know, at the final chorus, right? He's, uh-huh. if he remembers. And um, <laughs> to run out on stage, about the 70,000, just start, you know, rapping along to this song with everyone and just running around. And um, and that's just reminded me, uh, Bipolar Sunshine was with us as well. It was, it was a sick lineup of people. So I was with them, we were just running around. And uh, so I was scratching, I finished, and I looked up and my mic was gone. I was like, fuck, okay. And then there was this tall dude stood next to me. Um, and he looked so much like Zach from Rage. And I was like, he's got a mic. I took the mic off him, went, I need that, and then ran out. <laughs> then I got a tap on my shoulder and go, Corinne, you and you have to give the mic back to that guy and it turned out they were part of the the, the Budapest their local Rage Against the Machine tribute band and they'd come along just to perform that song and I'd stolen the mic from him because I was too drunk on stage <sighs> it's embarrassing the last man. skeptic <laughs> put in the semi into semi professional I'm glad you saved that man <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any memory of that happening? This the whole thing was kind of wild, really. It was so no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Good, I'm very glad. I'm very glad. I was, I was mostly just concerned it was all going to go wrong. That was that whole trip, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure. it was a really weird um, trip because the idea was to put um, a collaborative project uh-huh. um, between local artists and mm. basically take um, unified stance against the BMP and against Jobbik. And be like, yeah. you know, this is a cross-cultural mm. exchange. And it was kind of at first just like, oh, let's put loads of bands and just do it. And it's like, mm. well, if we're going to do something cross-cultural, let's actually try and do something that's involving of, yeah. you know, a musical exchange as opposed yeah. to just like yeah. different, you know, different bands on the same stage in a different yeah. order. And um, yeah, so it was, it was 
it was cool. Like, there was lots of people there mm-hmm. that I trusted. You know what yeah. I mean? In the sense of, you know, because I wouldn't necessarily say I was MDing it. It was more just throwing people into a room, knowing what people yeah. could do and hoping that, you know, in, in between that would get something good. Yeah. And yeah, because Itch was out as well, wasn't he? Itch was there, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it was like, it was a whole bunch of kind of, it was a whole bunch of really bold characters. Yeah. And then I remember... Bashy I mean, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the moment that was really, you know, the first thing that was odd was stepping into the embassy and everyone was just looking at each other like, what are we doing here? You know, we're in weird, the British yeah. embassy in Budapest. Yeah. And then, you know, and put, you know, that, it was just, you know, because I think Jimmy exposed himself, didn't he, to he the did. ambassador within like maybe an hour and a <laughs> half. Yeah, yeah, he was wearing a skirt. I mean, he was, you know, Jimmy's Jimmy, but it was like... That was... He was trying to be classic punk. He, well, and he is, but and he, he is, was, yeah. uh, you know, he thought, fuck it, everyone, you know, first time in Hungary, like, let's... Because the, the Sham 69, to give context to the people, because I know absolutely nothing about, you know, the history of punk, but I, I read some. I remember reading something afterwards about him, Sham 69 being the first ever headliners of Glasgow or so, what, something like that, right? Well, they're, so they, they're, they were quite, you know, they, they, they think, did a lot. I think to put them in context, like, I think before the Victoria Park Rock Against Racism yeah. Carnival, like, mm. the big bands on that bill really were... Sham 69 and Tom Robinson band and the Clash were a new band you know it was a new thing and mm. so like Jimmy you know his fan like well Sham 69's fans were kind of on the other side do you know what I mean like yeah. there's a kind there's this thing now that like punk was homogenous but yeah. the more people I speak to from that era it definitely Beefy. wasn't yeah, like there were you know there were football guys there you know there was yeah. you know there were, there were people that liked to fight there was yeah. sectarianism in there and Jimmy was kind of the, you know, when he went up and did White Riot with The Clash, it was a big moment that brought yeah. those two scenes together. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like the new, you know, the new breed coming through The Clash, but also like, you know, one of the instigators mm. of kind of, you know, beery punk. Do you know what I mean? Beery and punk. And, it, you know, and Sham 69 are, you know, they are one of those bands that need to go in their own wing of the punk rock hall of fame just for yeah. like what they actually did yeah you know like it's that settlers get the gold pioneers get the arrows and i think that you yeah. know that they, that's absolutely applicable to that band more than anyone else and rate ratings are him for flashing everybody at the uh, the british <laughs> embassy in budapest <laughs> in the middle of the day <laughs> then jumping um, in the fountain but at least at least he didn't leave his wife and kids to run off with the hungarian leader of the organization which is which i think we can say unlibelous because that is something that happened <laughs> our british ambassador and our hungarian ambassador no thought way. fuck it no on that ba- trip yeah oh my god no, I'm gonna. I'll read you know, up. I'll yeah, read yeah, up, read about, up that. about it. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, what, and what and the whole happened there. But after that, the whole thing kind of fell apart because of it. And music transcends everything. Yeah. And you know, and there's you know, division is something that people can understand. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and cultural reaction to vision is to division is something that people can understand yeah. too. Of course. And of course. for for me, that trip was great because it. It, you know, outside of all like the shaking hands and kissing babies thing that we had to do to try and actually make it work, mm. like every everybody was super receptive to it. Even just yeah. the idea the of issues. like, yeah. you know, yeah. a load yeah. of People you know, a load that. of Brits on stage doing a Rage Against the Machine cover. It doesn't particularly it sound doesn't particularly sound like a good idea. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, <laughs> and it definitely wasn't the first idea. But at the same time, like people were there first night at the festival. They wanted, you know, they wanted to have fun, and mm. it was just a, you know, it was an exercise in like collectivism exactly you know it was a you know horn sections DJs 
pile. It was like a pylon, basically. It yeah. was. It, it was, was like madness. <laughs> so Gary Powell of the famous band uh, the Libertines. Um, you've done these. You do these shows like it's nothing. You do these, you know, seventy thousand, yeah. two million. <laughs> so what? Know, Seriously, like it's nothing. Nobody does it like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, People do. pretend that they do it like it's nothing. Yeah. But still, I've seen you there. With I remember. Shirt off. I sweat my ass off. That's why my shirt, com- my shirt comes up because I sweat my ass off. I come out. <laughs> I come out on stage and I literally have my eyes down and I kind of glance up and I go. Oh, <laughs> and before I've even started playing, the sweat is pouring so off. Is this? Me. Is this? What's? Is it? Ner- do you get nerves? I don't really get nervous now, but okay. I do. I do. I do attack. Okay. I do. I do kind of attack. I kind. I kind of go full on. You go on the offensive. And then once once I'm sat down and I'm ready to play, literally, there could be fifty thousand people or five people. Yeah. It means absolutely nothing because I sit yeah. down and the first thing I do is actually look at all of the membranes that I'm going to hit. And yeah. I think, right, you're first. So where, you so where, so where do, where, <laughs> at what, mo- at what moment there. does it change? So you're, you're nervous when you're walking up to, the, to your seat? I don't get nervous, no. Okay. Because, because like literally about an hour before the show, yeah. I kind of don't talk to anybody. Yeah, that's it. And I spend my time just kind of jumping around by myself, silently. Yeah. And people will talk to me. And, and, and I think even for like the past 10 years, no one has realized that... I'm not going to actually say anything back to you. You're not listening. The guys in the band, they're like, they, they, they say things to me, and they're, yeah. not, they're not expecting a response at all. Yeah. Because I know I'm just going to look at them and just go, hmm. <laughs> I just keep on jumping around. I'm not saying anything yeah, to anybody course. because I'm literally just kind of zoning out. Yeah. And, and it's the only way that actually gets me through it. I mean, I kind of, a little bit like you, mm. I, ki- I kind of DJ, but not to the, not to the level of, wiki, wiki, that you DJ <laughs> but I, can't, I kind of DJ I, so basically luckily, I just do it like the ad-libs in Wild Wild West <laughs> <laughs> if, so, if that's what you mean if that's what you mean that is entirely accurate of what I do <laughs> that was pretty best <laughs> Wow, wow. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and, yeah, and every DJ gig I do, I'm nervous as balls. Yeah. Every single one because because I am in I am not in control. Right. I don't pre- I don't prepare. It's out of your comfort zone. I don't prepare for shit. I really don't. Because yeah. I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm not mm. let's I'm 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 well I'm no, no actually no I'm I'm a, absolutely a, an amazing DJ. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm really not. So when I so when I actually turn up, I'm yeah. just kind of like, well, I look at the audience and I'm like, I haven't got a fucking clue what they yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. What, what what do I give these people? I got no freaking idea, yeah. and it is nervous as balls. It, yeah. I'm just like literally. There's there's like when when as soon as somebody says, yeah, I'm, I'm talking. I usually be talking nonsense to somebody because that's no. what I do. Shut up, bitch! I would <laughs> knock you out. Nonsense. <laughs> this is madness. <laughs> And then someone, someone will say to me like, "Yeah, um, okay, you've got like maybe two tracks, and then you're on." Yeah. And I'm, I haven't sorted anything out because yeah. I know that when I actually sort things out, I sort things out. And I actually look at what I have, and I go, "Oh mm. God." Yeah. Now, if we go back to the Libertines, I, I don't give my, I don't give myself that yeah. moment to actually concentrate on what I'm actually going into. I, I really don't. I kind of yeah. zone out. So by the time I walk out, walk out on stage, it, it ain't it ain't nothing but a bucket of chicken. I'm like I'm literally sounds in, delicious. Kind of in yeah, no, because I know you like your food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh god. We did a high five. For it. it was really weak. <laughs> the worst. Yeah, it was really awful. We podcast. overextended. We, yeah, we, we I may did have pulled over, a muscle. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of sensual. 
Of course, of course. <laughs> a lot of love. Why do you want to just get the fishbowl and get some keys out in this thing and let's just see who ends up with whom? Jesus Christ! And someone had to bring it up. <laughs> um, so if you, because you've just recently done all the libertines, that so you've done all the touring. Have you got? I haven't finished yet. You haven't finished yet. No. Okay, cool. I haven't finished yet. I think I've just been. I'm. I'm. I'm going. I'm taking like. Um, I'm taking a week's vacation, but then after that, you know, it's going to be. I'm concentrating Unity Rocks, and then yeah, I'm of kind of gone until Christmas with the specials yeah specials so was I allowed to say that I don't know if it's yeah no you are okay, yeah, absolutely good. okay good yeah well with no because, everything, because he mentioned it and it kind of put, put, puts this really weird smile on my face like yeah. what is the way and now it's like excited. I mean I'm, I, I mean I start I, I got I got the call kind of like unfortunate circumstances I mean obviously mm. you know John Bradbury the original drummer from the specials died right and 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 you know it's kind of that a part and parcel of the special sound is his interpretation of of one shots and and rockers and mm-hmm. so forth. He had this really, really kind of unique approach to mm-hmm. what is kind of ostensibly kind of like an Afro Caribbean kind of style of playing drums, right. and he made it his own. But he also was very very true to the style of playing as well. So it was yeah. so. So then for me to get asked to actually like follow in his footsteps, yeah. I got um, a tweet yesterday from, from Horace, the bass player, and he tweeted me because there's a, a, some dude in Rochester, New York, mm. who wants to interview me about Scar. Oh, stuff. wow. And Horace, tweet, Horace tweeted me saying, um, Gary, meet John. And then, then he kind of like, like hashtag drummer, hashtag for specials. And I saw that, and I kind of looked at that, and I literally thought, holy shit, balls. Horace is calling me for drummer from the specials. Holy shit. The drummer from the specials. I'm like... I'm As if the drummer from the Libertines wasn't enough. The difference being that when... Well, you the grew li- up with the specials as well. Yeah, I grew up with the specials yeah. as well. But I was a friend of the... We, we, we yeah. used to rehearse at, like, Ruse and crappy little studios together yeah. with the libs. I mean, go to crappy pubs and kind of, like, put shackles together to try to, 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 try, to try and buy a pint between the three of us or the yeah. uh, well the three of us at that point in time before we got signed and then Giant rejoined the band you know we had nothing yeah. they were my friends before all of a sudden Pete started dating Kate Moss and, and Carl started doing cool ads and stuff they were my mates that we yeah. so you know used to come around my house because they got the money and we'd eat yeah. together and all that type of stuff and watch mm. watch we're still watching videos because no one had any money to buy a DVD. They had nowhere to live. That's that is the difference. We yeah. I grew we I grew up with those guys. Yeah. Whereas the specials, I kind of grew up listening to yeah, those guys. I saw you know I saw the specials. I, I saw through um, Fun Boy Three and like and the, mm-hmm. these guys are idols. So I met Terry Hall at we saw all hang out on the Essex Road um, for Duke of Clarence and we and we used to play like the odd kind of like. Um, Libertine-esque kind of show down there mm. and Terry Hall brought his kid down and we'd all kind of hang out and stuff and he rented his house one, one of his houses out to Amy Winehouse and stuff and I used to go hang out with Amy there and stuff and, mm. and so I kind of I knew Terry but I knew Terry as like a special mm. Terry would come up and say hi Gary and I'd go <laughs> hi, hi Terry how you doing good seeing you again man cool <laughs> you know what? It, it, it was it was a yeah. big deal, and then to be asked to actually do oh, that great. as well. Yeah. What was and the was, phone call like when you put the phone down? Did you have a little squeal? Um. No. 
Yes, I did. Yeah, it was really weird. I mean, I was, I was telling you beforehand, I, mean, I remember the first time I saw the video to Ghost Town. I hope none of them watching this or listening to this. That'd be really weird. And I remember I was, I was, I was a kid and, and, and I, I, you know what, quadrophenia was kind of the rage and stuff and, and, and everybody was was a rude, was a rude boy. They were, you know, and I, I was just like, oh my goodness, I, I've got to get myself a trench coat. I mean, I, I was yeah. young. I there ain't no way my parents gave me no trench coat. And so, but I had a duffel coat. So I kind of like with like tracing paper, and 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 a tongue sticking out, sticking out, dribbling a lot, and crayons. I kind of made myself a <laughs> target. And pinned it to the back of my trench coat, so to, to, to my duffel coat, because yeah. there was no way my parents weren't going to get me no trench coat. That's, yeah. that's just ridiculous. I mean, that, that's I was in it from then. So then we roll wow. forward, and I'm in the studio with them, and Lynn Vell says, "Right, um, all right, let's play, let's play Ghost Town, the first thing ever." And what? I literally, I regressed a bunch of years, and I nearly just leapt out of my seat and went, "I remember when I was a kid, <laughs> and I heard Ghost." But uh, but luckily for me, I kind of like I reined that shit in. <laughs> and how how long is the tour that you're going to be on? Um, it's a long time. It's a UK. It's a US tour. We start yeah. off um, in New York on like September 9th Fuck, and then yeah. you're out, and then you're out until Christmas. And then yeah, but 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 the thing is, I mean, this, this is this is the wacky thing. This is this is really cool. Okay. Like like I've got like a month US tour, mm-hmm. and then I fly from Vegas straight to somewhere in South America and okay. start doing a Libs tour in South America. Oh, and then I finish that and fly straight back to somewhere up north in England and do a, a US, a UK specials tour. Oh my God. Sounds awesome. Sounds really <laughs> it really good. does. It I'm really like, great. holy shit balls. Am I doing that? Awesome. Wow. That's really cool. Whoa. That's really are fucking you, cool. Is there any point where you're going to end up playing specials drums on a Libertine song? <laughs> You'll get so confused. Um, I'm sitting here. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't Never. know what I'm doing at the best of times. That's true. I mean, have you seen my kit? Either. It's kind of like my junk. My junk, my junk is huge. <laughs> and, I just, and I just hit everything. I just hit everything really hard and lots of things all of the time. So generally speaking, who gives a fuck what I'm playing? <laughs> who gives a fuck? I was hitting shit hard. Fuck that. I wish I could do that with DJing. I think I probably do. Just scratch really loudly and shout, don't look at me. Don't look me in the eyes. Because um, I, haven't, I haven't actually seen you. I haven't seen you perform apart from with me when we did the shows. Yes. Yeah. And that's the only time. You nearly did come and, come and see his play. Yeah, I did. I wasn't going to raise it because I didn't want to. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Are it's you fine. allowed to talk about oh, stuff? I'm t- we're totally fine. Oh, I can talk about whatever All right. the fuck I like. You can do what the fuck you want. Um, I'm Gary yeah, Powell, bitch. Yeah. Um, if I was a superhero, my superpower would be super injunction. I'm going to come back to that because I've just been reminded of as one of your Gary Powellisms mm-hmm. that I say every single day, pretty much, to people. Cool in the gang? No. Bam! No. That is gold. Oh, I thought that was another one. <laughs> Damn. Um, no, it was, um, do you know who I think I am? <laughs> and I say it all the time. Um, so I came to the electric ballroom because I was like, I'm going to watch the Libertines for the first time. And I was really excited. Did you see me give my speech? I didn't see you give your speech. That's a really good thing. And then the show didn't happen. Yeah. It was, it, it was, it was for me, it was, it was kind of doubly embarrassing because um, the show was kind of, um, we were doing it um, on behalf of Moas, the migrant offshore aid stations. Mm-hmm. And we'd be contacting those guys. And, um, and, and all of the proceeds were going directly to them. And, and I met them prior to the show. 
and and they showed me some videos of like of of, of 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 they showed me this video of a life raft coming in that would normally hold about four hundred people, mm. and it had two thousand people. They'd That's made true. it double level. Yeah, and it, and it but it was but it, it was ju- it was literally just a just a large life raft. Yeah. And you saw all inside of it, and hygiene-wise, it was literally just disgusting. It was just just terrible. And they showed a video of this boat landing, mm-hmm. and all of his children coming, come, you know, coming up, and these children crying, and and mothers kind of like holding onto the children, and and it was literally the most heart-rendering thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. And this young child who would learn English on the life raft and just started singing this nursery rhyme to, oh, to the people they're helping with a, be- with a big, beautiful smile on his face. Like, I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? This is ridiculous. And then they asked me if I would kind of like go on, on stage and kind of like say something on behalf of, yeah. um, on behalf of, of, of the cause, as it were. Um, so so I, I kind of did. In that, you know, everybody that was attending, albeit a lot of people were there, you know, just specifically just to kind of like hang out and see the liberties. But there were a lot of people there who actually believed in the same things that we believed in with respect to that these are people who were desperate, who were in desperate need of assistance. And they weren't getting it from anybody. So they had to kind of like do something for themselves and more power to them, you know, for actually making that leap of faith and getting themselves out of the shitty situation that they were in. Yeah, And and so so what I wanted to kind of like, you know, just kind of just just kind just to kind of vocalize that, you know, we were we we we, as opposed to the right wing press, Mm. we actually do give a shit about their plight. Yeah. And the last thing I said was, you know something, people, we're, we're here to have a good time and we are, we are all going to have a good time because we have the right of might on our side. So let's enjoy the time together and have a great show. Let's have a great show together. And then what And happens? that's the last that anybody saw of me. <laughs> <laughs> so that show, um, I, I was there. I was really excited to see you for the first time. And that show, Pete, Pete didn't turn up. Yeah. Um, I saw him the day afterwards, and it, well, you know, you know, it was it, it no, not the day afterwards, um, two days afterwards, because we had a show, with a festival show in Berlin, and mm. um, in his defense, he, the, he wasn't in a good place, and it wasn't yeah. because, as most people think, most people automatically assume that you know he just he, he just got high, just got fucked, yeah, and just just decided fuck it, I'm just not going to turn yeah. up, you know, he, it wasn't that, it was the fact that like it was the re- the week of the record coming out. That, that, was, that, that was happening at the same time. He was making ardent fucking efforts to really sort himself out. Yeah. Mm. It was a London homecoming. It was Camden, where most of his problems started in the first place. Yeah. There were so shitloads of, of people hitting him up. Yeah. I saw text messages from people hitting him up saying, you have to come hang out with us straight after the show. Right. And these people were not the people that anybody in the right mind would want to hang out with. These people would, would you, know, they, you know, these people lead on a road to purgatory. Yeah. You know, them. And, and that's what he was dealing with. And he just couldn't handle it. He really couldn't handle it. And like two days, two days later, we were sat outside of an airport waiting for Peter to kind of like strap himself in and be ready. And he just wasn't. Yeah. Six hours later, we missed. We, we were like six hours late for flight. Yeah. And luckily, it was a private jet. And I complain complain about the private jet scenario because it was like, this is costing us a fucking fortune. Are you kidding me? But um, on that one occasion, I was like, God damn, am I glad we got a private jet because we can actually, you know, if things work out, we can still play this show. 
Yeah. Um, so how how difficult is it? I mean, you can go, you can say you can talk as, as it, much it, or as little as you want. It actually is with Pete. It, it's not that difficult it? anymore. It really isn't. Okay. That was kind of like that. That was kind of like the highlight of madness for us. Okay. And right. and prior to that point, I mean, those two shows. It was um, the, the Electric Ballroom and Manchester. Yeah. Those are the only shows we missed in that whole touring cycle of a year. Mm. He was great. He, he, he was great. He was, a, he was a fantastic person to be around. Mm. It really kind of heart, heart, for us, it heartened back to what it was actually like yeah. originally being a liberty. And then it still does. It must be a great feeling then, because you remember exactly why, why you're doing it, you know? I think, the, I think the mezcal is slowly kicking in. <laughs> We've only drunk half of the bottle. That's okay, um, <laughs> Sam. Because you've you've you know you've you've released a lot of records over the years, and much like me and much like like Gary, you've you've, you've fallen in and out of love with it. Is is there a point where you've been touring recently where you've had the more stripped back shows where you've kind of felt like you've you've you found the love for it again? It's unrelenting falling in and out of love with it. I think yeah. oh, when you're on a mission, do you know what I mean, you just have yeah. to question yourself. Yeah. And I think it's about how much the balance is questioning yourself and how much the balance is um, committing to just the path that you're on. Yeah. You know, I think there's those moments you step back and you go, this is great, I'm, I'm really into it. And then, you know, day later you're like, or am I, what am I doing? These are all the things I haven't done. These are all the people I haven't seen. These are all the yeah. things I haven't, it's you know, bitch, got it? in order. Yeah. yeah, it's a bitch. I think that's the thing that people maybe take for granted yeah. about being on the road is that all of the things that, as seen as standards for everybody else in life, you actually have to really protect. You have to put barriers around yeah, them. Yeah. And then sometimes something happens and it, everything else gets knocked out. And then two or three days is just a domino yeah. of trying to rebuild yeah. the next three yeah. weeks. And then you get it and, it and it works out fine and people don't notice a difference. Yeah. And then as soon as, you know, something knocks out, it's like, oh, it's unre- unreliable. You know, he's unreliable, he's late. Or, yeah. you know, he's, this has happened because he's stayed out partying. It's like, well... There's a mechanism of loads of people yeah. in an environment, and that's the thing I find the most difficult. Mm. I mean, that's the main reason I've just started touring on my own again. Mm. Like, it's really that, like, the thing that I miss the most about touring in a big, you know, in a big group of people and a big crew and everything was I kind of like just chatting to strangers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And not for any reason other than the fact that it's like if, if these people are invested in what I'm doing, then there's a the chances are there's, you know, especially with it being kind of political or social stuff, I want to find out what, what's on their heart. Do you know what I mean? Like, otherwise, I'm just chatting to wankers in a backstage bar. Whereas, I, whereas I'm slightly different to you in that, like, generally speaking, with the libs and everything else, I am, I am touring with large parties of people. And what I love most about it is the fact that on those odd occasions, you get those times by yourself, and those times by yourself are so precious, mm. and that's what stick out, sticks out the most for me. Those, those few moments that you get by yourself, I love those moments. Because I, I had one of those this weekend. I hate all those fuckers, really. really it's like a school trip, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You're going yeah. to hate your best mate within two days, whether, you, you know, whether you've been through it or not. And I had one of those moments this weekend, actually. I was up in um, the Isle of Butte, and yeah. like, I'm, I'm fascinated with places that are like starting to put on festivals and gigs that haven't done anything before just simply because there must be a reason there must be a need for it right i went up on my own and i had a day on my own in silence and i spent like nine hours in silence and i was and i was sitting out thinking i think this is the first time this has happened in like two years yeah Yeah. and that was weird because i think other people get their weekends to kind of kick back whereas generally there's you know because I don't, I don't mind talking to people that I don't know, 
you know, in those environments. But people that I do know, everybody wants to get like super exactly. analytical yeah. about it, yeah. and it's like everything's a post mortem. Mm. And that like, yeah. sometimes, like, that's not why I do music. No, I, exactly. I, I want to be in it, and then I want to be out of it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That that hour, that hour and a half, like that's the energy, that's the space I want to be in. Yeah. But afterwards, I don't want to be like, oh, you know that bit? It's like which bit? I can't. I don't know. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, know it. I, don't I can know barely it. remember it. I just did it. it. Do you I know saw mean? you four years ago. It was amazing. Do you remember me? I met you. <laughs> and there's there's not really Sorry, any way there's not really any way as well to like politely say that. It's not that I don't want to remember you. It's just that I was no. in the, I was in the moment then, and now I'm in the moment now. In the moment then, it's, it's a completely different thing and to I'm, what's going on. And now, I'm right glad now. that you're back in that moment with yeah, me. Exactly. Let's exactly. have a conversation exactly. about where you're at now and where I'm at exactly. now, not yeah. like where we were four years ago, because otherwise it just becomes a loop. Yeah. And like some people are really good at like retaining that loop. I was amazing at actually remembering for a while. But, but now I'm, I'm unfortunately not. Everyone's a Dave or a Steve, so surely that would that would help. Everyone's a mate. Everyone's a mate. All right, All right. mate. All right, buddy. Hey, I remember you from that time. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I mean, that that's was a, sick. That time we were at a place with that thing. Um, so how, how does it all kind of compare now to the whirlwind that you were in when you first signed? Because, you know, I, I, I came in and met you a few years after that, but I remember you telling me at the time when, you know, that you all of this madness that occurred. You were really young when you signed yeah, as, as well. Yeah, as a child. Yeah, and, you know, and it, it seemed fascinating to me that you got kind of thrown in the system, kind of in the last gasp of the major labels where they were doing that whole, you know, kind of push. Last, of, last time they take a risk. Yeah. <laughs> Someone like well, me. Well, you know, yeah. they, still, they still do that. But, you know, of like, of, 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 I guess all the routine and all the... Um, you know the, the the circles that they do have got you know going on the TV here and doing that and this and, and all of those things is kind of changed. But how was that whirlwind and coming out of it? And I guess kind of compared to now, I miss the resources. Yeah, like that's the only thing I miss from it. Like we were able to do some mad stuff. You know, we'd be like, oh, this would be really great for press. Let's throw this event. You guys pay for it, and then yeah. we'll invite loads of people, and it'll be free. Yeah. Like that's the part I missed. But otherwise, I hated it. Like there were low, there was people around all the time <coughs> who I didn't know, I didn't remember, and every single one of them would tell me what to do. Mm. And then there'd be somebody else who'd tap me on the shoulder, and they'd be like, "You need to listen to them." Yeah. And I was like, between eighteen and twenty-three during that period of time, mm. and some of those people I saw every day for five years and haven't seen since. Yeah. You know, and some of those people didn't even bother to turn up for my last Get Cape show. Do you know what I mean? It's like you yeah. that whole time you are like you're supposed to be protecting in your me corner and you're not. not I'm talking your to you about your career. Like this is good for your career, like long term, you know. And they and they have no fucking clue. But no, what was no, good? What was good for yeah. my career was to take out all the only things that I liked about what, doing what I was doing, yeah. and it was a constant battle to try and be like. I know you guys think you know what's best for me. The problem is what you're saying is what's best for you. Yeah. And you're not thinking about what's best for me. I remember like had like a run of like 45 things. I was like, I need a day off. If I don't have a day off, I'm going to have a meltdown. Like, yeah. this is too much stuff. I'm, you know what I mean? I've got a life as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and the inevitable happened and everyone was like, you should have said something. You're like, I did. Um, and that was the moment that I realised that no one gave a fuck. Ching! Do you know what I mean? That was the moment where I was like, you don't fuck even you. listen to They don't to really me. give a fuck. All yeah. you do, all you do is you 
bring all your mates, you come to my dressing room, you take fuck loads of drugs, but not with any of us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you take, you drink all of our rider, and you tell us how great it is that yeah. you built this. Yeah. And I fucking built it, and I built it on my own, and then with my mate. What actually happened was some A&R guy turned up to his show, <laughs> and it, there was 500 people deep, like at the beginning, and, and, and saw you on stage and looked at you and went, oh my goodness, I found... The next new best thing. No, you didn't. Like at least think, five, at least five hundred people there. Let alone everyone else on the internet found that thing. Yeah. You've just fucking arrived. If you were doing your job, you would be there when you were on stage with ten people mm. playing in front of nobody. A few people, kind of like two people walking out and not being, and him looking at you, going, "My goodness, I know how we can develop this, and I'm going to work with this, and we're going to develop this." But without together. them, how would I know which way to hold a guitar? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because sometimes I put it on backwards, and oh, I'd be like, "Fuck!" I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just, I just Thank needed God that for guidance. A&Rs. Like, don't, <laughs> Thank God don't, for they are stairs. What you do is, <laughs> and like to be, to be fair, like Paul, who looked after me at Atlantic, like still sit, like he made one promise to me, and like. You know, it was a free-for-all, to be honest, at the mm. beginning. And I was like, look, I was meeting loads of people, and he's like, I'll be, I'll be in touch, and I'll be your sounding board if you need one. I still see him, you know, every yeah. fortnight. And, and, you know, he made Great. a promise to me, and he kept it. Yeah, I like that. But he's the only one. That is you one know. in the few. He, that and, is one but, in the few. But he is, like, you know, he is yeah. one in a very few. Yeah. You know, and, like, because I was going to sign to somebody else, he's like, stop off on the way and come and talk to me. And he's like, look, at the end of the day, if you want to do these political things, I'm the only person in this industry that will do that. And he still works with Wayman, mm-hmm. you know, doing all of those events and stuff. You know, it's like him, you know, he's, he's a frontliner. He, you know, he's a man he was, of his word. And he's, yeah. an, you know, he's a, he was like me. He was a punk. Do you know what well, I mean? Well, that, that actually well, meant that, it. That is the one thing that's missing. Mm. You, your word means absolutely nothing in the industry. No. It really does. I mean, obviously, you know, you know, I've still got my record label, Twenty Five Hour Convenience Store. I mean, I remember when I when I started um, working when I started working with um, the Orchard Group, mm. doing all of my distribution, and they took me for a, a business meeting, and I sat in the in, in in this office, and they had like the, the the kind of the presentations and the music and the wow, and mm. and then you know they they had cakes and, and oh yeah and sold they, I'll yeah, sign whatever cakes. it is and everybody cakes, was, everybody mean. was smiling and they were was like this is what we're gonna do for you we got satellite offices in New York yeah. and, and 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 Azerbaijan and so wherever your music goes you know will there'll be somebody on hand if you need a hand mm. if you're worried about like how sales are going in Eastern Europe yeah just call the Eastern European office and they can help you. Just genius, and I was like, oh, "That sounds amazing!" And I'm like, "Where do I sign?" And literally, as soon as I signed, as soon as I signed and dotted, they went, "Thank you very much." Right, um, you finished with that <laughs> um, because we got somebody else coming in now. Could, that's you, it. Do you, that know the, case, you know, just, do you know, just leave do you know the way out. That's good. You know, you know the way out. You but know uh, the way out. but that's the problem with the music industry. The thing that does my head in is that I go out for a three hundred pound dinner and I couldn't pay two hundred pound for an engineer. Mm. Mm. And it's like, well, what am I doing then? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Am I going out for dinner for a living? Because I could do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a great job. <laughs> you know, people just say, oh, yeah. all the things that you're going to do are great. And that's wicked. Yeah. But when I actually want to do them, if you're not going to support me, what's the If you're the not going to support me, what is the, what is the, and, and, what is the point? And it was like, it's been a weird journey since then, to be honest. Like, there's a weird blip where, like, you know, I got misdiagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, like, that was pretty wild. You know, and that was the moment I really realised who was actually in it with me. Do you know what I mean? Because most people are like, some people are like, sorry to hear about your illness, Sam. Let me know when you want to start doing stuff. It's like, well, maybe 
don't just just say just start yeah, just start with like hope you're right mate like yeah. not just like when you're ready to do stuff we'll support you yeah. it's like how about what if i not mm. do you know what i mean how about that consideration how about the humanity of it and if you're still alive in a week give me a call we can do some stuff is it going to be your mum is it going to be your dad or is it going to be your lawyer handling your estate yeah, yeah, which yeah. of your unreleased yeah. songs are you happy to put out <laughs> do you know what I mean and, that, and that's what it felt like and I don't know music's bollocks isn't it like yeah, it is, yeah. it's a grassroots world full of people that really give a shit mm. and it's run by 5% of people that don't give a and shit they, 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 they really don't give a, don't give a and, shit and they run everything PRs, publishers none of them give and a fuck half of my battle right now and this is what you know when you said about like are there those moments those moments are it's like are there ever not going to be those people pulling the strings mm. You know, and I think it is changing because I think more people care. Yeah. Like, I think we're in this weird situation in life anyway where we've got this glass ceiling because, like, everybody, you know, like, middle management is, like, the upper level for anybody until they get to 40 because they're people they're holding tight to their yeah. jobs because they've been on the same cycle. Yeah. And I think music still has that. Yeah. But those people are yeah. basing their, you know, their models off, like, 80 spending. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we haven't got a lot of money for a video. We've got about 10 grand. It's like, well, that is a problem. Yeah, well, that, that. well, that is a problem with the, with, with the British model of the music industry and, digi- and the digital model. The British model is, was basically, I mean, I, 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 I was told by a very influential source that, um, that, that like the, the sale of flowers was, was quite an important thing. Because the sale of flowers actually meant something else, and they were selling a lot of goddamn flowers. It was something else that, that, that the industry thought everybody wanted. Oh, you're signing a deal. Let's get you some flowers. They get you a lot of flowers. So they put Let's that in the one. budget. Yeah, they put it in the budget. Wow. Totally in the budget. Jesus Christ. To- totally in the in the budget. Never underestimate the extras on a recording budget. People are like your yeah. extras are really low. It's like yeah, well, yeah, we just spend it all on cocaine. Well, we Come on, on now. We didn't really yeah. need anything. And they were like, oh, you know, but it's there. It's like, that's the, because, you know, like not being into that world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like, oh, shit. Okay. Like, my, my PL sheets are not based on no, like, my exactly. creativity. They're based on how many parties I have with people to try and keep yeah. people on board. And people started going, oh, don't, you know, it's, it's all got a little bit serious. It's like, well, what's not serious about making a record? Yeah. Is, that's, this, that's the thing that I really liked here. about um, Kill Your Friends. It's just, I know a lot of people didn't like mm. that film, but like I, I hadn't read the book. But there was a lot of real shit in that film. <laughs> There's a lot of there was a lot of A and R's in that film that I've met in real life. You know what I mean? A lot of the, the cunts. A lot of those people looking after me when I was 19 years old. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and I think the thing is with that whole world is it's still seen as aspirational. Yeah. Oh, do you remember that time we went to go and see the band? They didn't really see much of the show, but the night after, yeah, but the great. night after was amazing. And like you know, that's there's a point. There's a point where dinosaurs get extinct, right? And I think that nobody listened when it came to digital, but now people have got to listen when there's like no money. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean. Like, the the hopefully, thing- that's the point where like the DIY elements of it and the actual creativity of like you know, like this. Do you know what I mean? Mm, this yeah. is we're in your living room. You know, Standard. talking to the internet, and it's you know great. I mean? And like, and I people mean, are either going to learn stuff or be entertained or something. Yeah. But like, the someone's idea, probably wanking. I mean, I hope so. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I would I also hope. I would so. be. I would be, I would be. Dis- <laughs> I would be disappointed if somebody on that Facebook live stream is not multi-tabbing right now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I want someone wanking, playing po- Pokemon Go, and watching us right now. That is, then I'll be really happy with that. <laughs> Um, and that is How a, can you wank with your phone in your hand? Hey, you know what I found hey, it's out? It's easy. 
I found oh, out wait. yesterday <laughs> that there's a thing called Pokemon Goo. Oh, where is it? <laughs> but it's uh, if, if you if you bust if you bust one when you're playing Pokemon Go, it's called Pokemon Goo. I mean, that's, that's pretty the thing, fucking. Impre- that's the thing. I read it. I read it. It's good to know, know that we can debase that. anything. Jeremy. Yeah, pretty much. As it long as something's a thing for two weeks, we can turn it into. Uh, and you know what? That is uh, a perfect moment to have the tradition of a out piss to the break. Lobby. <laughs> um, so, all right, let's do this. No, no, you. Oh, you're not doing the show yet. All right, cool. So we're back. Thanks for joining podcast uh, episode six after the piss break. Gary didn't take one. I didn't go. He didn't go. Sam took one. Sam took two. I did. Impressive. That's a first. Someone's going to have to beat that next episode. Uh, I took one. I might beat it in the next five minutes. <laughs> I told you they all. They always say I don't need one, and then they always need one. Um, and so before we get deep into our further chats, it is now time for the tradition of the shot. And time for me to actually shout out the sponsor of today's episode, which is Monte Alban Mezcal. Again, they did last month. It was fucking delicious. Thank you very much for the booze. And let's fucking cheers. Lovely to see you. Oh, cheers. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was more painful than usual. Holy shit, boys. That was the biggest shot I've ever had in my entire... No, well, the biggest shot I've had this week. It's Monday. And you know there's a worm at the bottom of this, right? I'll, I'll chew, give me a worm. I'll take one. Really? There's a. I don't. You know, I don't want to watch <laughs> I like it. The sidecar. Worms. There's a, there's a, <laughs> I've done the worms. Oh, oh, oh! I was going to ask you something beforehand. Hit me. Why is tequila called tequila? Uh, go on. I'll give you a clue. Is this what? a joke or a fact? No, it's a fact. <laughs> I don't. I don't do jokes. You've known me for long. Oh, actually, I, sorry, I do. Um, it's you a. Le- well, 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 the clue is. Mm. Champagne. Oh, so it's from um, it's from the town. So tequila's from the town of Champagne. <laughs> um, no. Tequila comes from tequila. If it ain't if it ain't if it ain't from tequila in Guadalajara, okay. it ain't tequila. Wow, it's mezcal. Oh wow, that's that's fucking fantastic. And we drink a mezcal. Have you you so you're obviously you're a huge wrestling fan. I'm a huge wrestling fan. And you you have you been, you go to the wrestling? Yeah. On a regular basis if I can. Do you boo? Do you hiss? I get drunk and I shout and go wild. Yeah, of course. Do you hold a sign? No. I can't hold a drink. <laughs> you can have a Do you wear a t-shirt with a I'm wearing wrestling, a t-shirt now? No, with a wrestling thing on it. This is a wrestling t-shirt. t-shirt with a wrestling thing on it. What's, no, what's that? Oh yeah. Sick. He is. For people listening at home, he's wearing a t-shirt and a guy's wearing one of them masks, one of those wrestling masks. Sick. For the wrestling fans out there, this is a 2002 El Generico t-shirt. I think I've actually got that mask. I've got about 10 masks. Sorry, what do you do with those masks and why do you have them? I wear them. Cool. (laughs) He's a vigilante solving crimes. I like the fact that you laughed quite innocently. This is your Batman voice. Kind of gives me the impression that you might want to wear one too. <laughs> it feels like the moment we need to establish a safe word. Yeah. <laughs> pineapple, pineapple, pineapple. 
was it? Um, you must have seen Armageddon. The film? Felching. No, what? The video about felching? No, and I don't really We're want to. Two guys to. in Utah were felching, and no. like, um, there's a there's a there's a newscaster. supposedly a mock newscaster. I'm guessing it was a mock newscaster. Yeah. And like, um, the outward was Armageddon, mm. and but like, um, it didn't quite work. So like, one of the partners like kind of like lit uh, a lighter and peered down a tube. Uh. And um, but unfortunately, the tube, the gas from the lighter, kind of went down the tube and like mm. and went into the other guy's um, intestinal track. Yeah, and, and so there's a lot of different definitions of felching. Yes, but so but a lot of different out things. flew, out flew the gerbil. <laughs> oh, so this is a gerbil Yeah, this is a gerbil felching. Okay. I, I love the idea that people must think that this toilet break is like two hours because people just <laughs> like, come back from it straight into felching. Yeah, you know what I mean? This always happens, though. I think it's when you stand up, you realise that you're actually drunk. I think it's and when you realise what you're doing. Yeah, I, I didn't stand up. I didn't stand up. Here he is. He wants the mezcal from the town of mezcal. Um, you boys are going pretty good. Yeah, I know. I should clarify that I'm not drinking it just for my friends that think I'm lying when I say that I'm allergic. Um, yes, Sam Dykwerp is allergic to tequila and mezcal, so he's not drinking it. And I've never heard of anyone allergic to it. So tell me what happened, because is this like a full like nut allergy vibes? I did a, I did a triple shot, and then I went into an- anaphylactic shock straight away. Holy shit. And then um, the second time I drank it, was I was like at a bar and I was like... Was it straight after? You're like, no, no, that's fine. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I was, I, you know, like, I'm... I'm not allergic to anything, but my dad's yeah. allergic to alcohol pretty much. Like, right. there's... Maybe maybe I just don't notice my face going really red, but, like, I don't know, look, from from where I'm from, people go really red when they drink. Right. Mm. Your neck kind of gets a bit closed up. Like, right. my my younger sister and my uncle and me, we've kind of, we kind of just ploughed through, and we were like, we'll work it out. But my, mm. my dad and my older sister are allergic to quite a few things. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I did a triple shot, and... Fuck. And then, um, yeah, so I went to a bar and I was like, look, make sure it's got no tequila in it. And the guy came back and I I drank like three sips of it. And my throat was closing. And I was like, is there tequila in it? It's like, yeah, 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 I just thought you were joking. How the fuck do you get that wrong? <laughs> I, th- I think it's because people don't believe, yeah, but they don't believe That's the moment like I stopped saying I was allergic to stuff. Yeah. You know, that's the moment I stopped being it's allergic like, to can't... hard work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, fucking, I'm allergic to beer, but, you know, I can't fucking drink that shit. You know, you, you you know, as you get older, you know what works with you and what doesn't work with you. And that's not being a bitch. If anything, that's being tough. That's being strong. A strong. <laughs> that's not right? conforming. Sure, I'm held together by an idea of what you should be doing. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I'm going to wear a tutu <laughs> and you're going to fucking like it. <laughs> I'm going to wear two tutus. From the felching to emotional confessional in two minutes. This is the Thanks yeah. for Trying podcast <laughs> in a nutshell, isn't it? <laughs> This is what happens. <laughs> so back to the felching. So this guy had a gerbil and it came out and then... The, oh, it didn't come out. Oh, it didn't come It stayed in there. It did, and yeah. But then but then the guy's intestinal tract kind of like exploded. Right. And the guy that was peering down and holding like a, 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 a lighter, uh-huh. um, his face got burnt and and hands got burnt. And, but like the whole was, kind of like... The, 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 the password, the, 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 the yeah. get out word was... Armageddon! Oh, right. And Armageddon didn't actually quite work. Oh. Armageddon actually 
kind of brought on Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the gerbil okay? I mean, that's a quote. That the gerbil was actually apparently fine. Great. Well, that's yeah. all right. <laughs> as long as the gerbil's was, fine. That's my I main I mean, I'm concern. sure the gerbil didn't want to be up nobody's asshole anyway. No. So. Maybe the gerbil knew the safe word. If you've accidentally yeah. vacuumed up a gerbil, you know that they're pretty resilient. Do you know what I mean? It's, if anyone's going to survive that, it's going to be I've never gerbil. vacuumed yeah. up a gerbil. Have you done that? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I have seen it happen. You've seen it happen? <laughs> and that's not I sorry. had a gerbil. Oh, yeah? Go no, on. I didn't. That's my great. stomach hurts. Like, God damn. <laughs> I, I no longer have a gerbil. As tangents go. <laughs> That's really um, so, wrestling. Right. So, right. you go to the wrestling. So, I went, I went to the wrestling for... Actually, I went as a, I went as a kid. My mum took me to Royal Albert Hall to go watch in the heyday of when I used to, I used to really watch wrestling. You know, Bret Hitman Hart. I know what you're going to say, and I'm extremely jealous. Bret Hitman Oh, WWF. Yeah, WWF, Mr. Yeah. Perfect. All Jimmy Superfly Stuka. Oh, yeah. He was my man, Jimmy. They, they, Superfly they, motherfucking <laughs> Spooker could kick he was, anybody. He was the guy, and he had and he great did. trousers he as really well. Fucking did. And he did. And he did. He did, he did know, the flying he double. Got away with it. Yes, he did. <laughs> the flying kick thing. Off the second rung first, and then off the third rung. Oh yeah, Jimmy Superfly Spooker was a badass. Um, I've been out in bars and people have said things to me and I've just gone I wish Jimmy Superfly Stuka was here he would kill you <laughs> and there was also well, he a lot of vaguely <laughs> he just got away with it there was also vague, lots of vaguely racist wrestlers back then which was, which was a bit oh, that's like not that. changed Kamala Virgil Nation of Domination uh, oh my goodness uh, Nation yeah, of Domination I forgot all about that. But then you had really good ones, Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom were awesome. They were the best. Um, and so I went there, as, uh, bless my mum. My dad has no interest in sports, never did as a kid. And, um, and so my mum, she took yes. me to all the Arsenal games and also she took me to the wrestling, which is fucking incredible. And, um, and, so, uh, and, and so I saw this amazing wrestling thing. And then in recent years, uh, when I met MVP and we just came mates over, over eating burgers together and he'd pick up MVPs he's fucking incredible WWE champ um, and I went to go see him when he recent last year when he did TNA he came to, to yeah. do TNA in England and um, he was a villain and I didn't know this and so I walked in so it was Wembley State, Wembley Arena and he walks in and you're like oh it's my mate and they're like MVP and everyone's just booing so much and I don't know what to do I just felt really bad I was like they're booing my friend I don't feel happy about this he deserved it people. yeah I did and Eamon Holmes was there and I felt like hitting him the most oh, I think weird. I think the fact that so you're, in good. A, you're in an environment where it's legitimately that acceptable been to whack so Eamon good. Holmes and you didn't <laughs> I am so ashamed of you man so disappointed I hate Eamon disappointment Holmes disappointment is strong I, I didn't I remember doing an interview with um, Eamon Holmes before I did um, an Oxfam event right. I mean uh, Oxfam like yep. you can't really question Oxfam he goes is there really any point in this, though? Is it just busybody stuff? Yeah, I was like, fucking Oxfam, dude. He tries like, to be it, funny. Kids want water. Like, it's all right. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I, I hate twat. him. I can't believe you didn't whack him. I should have done. What was I he doing at the wrestling? He was in the front row. Was he? I didn't even know he was there until the announcer goes, and welcome, everybody, to TNA. In the crowd tonight, we have the cast of The Only Way is Essex and Eamon Holmes. <laughs> the Only Way is Essex and Eamon Holmes. And Eamon Holmes. Second. There's there's so many interesting like it, I find it fascinating because it's it's the the pushing of uh, sports people that we see on on uh, you know on TV oh, and we, oh, oh, we idolize oh, oh, all oh, the no, time. Oh no! Stop! Stop! I'm taking over now. Hammer time. What do you? Th- yeah, exactly, baby. You got that. <laughs> what do you think about the um, kind of like 
adjudication with reference to Russia and the Olympic Games. Oh, I just saw that. Yeah, that's mad. I reckon if it was a smaller, less known nation, yeah. it would be nothing. They would be fucking out without a doubt. I, I think we've got to get over this idea that the Olympics is good for society because... Yeah, well, that's a good point. You also. know, like, we're looking at Rio and they haven't got running water and they're bulldozing favelas and they're shooting people that are standing up for the places that they live. But it's institutional corruption in the Olympics. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it? totally. But the, Olymp- but the Olympics 100%. is supposed to be amateur sport. It's supposed to be yeah, endeavor. That's true, it's supposed right? to be. It's supposed to be a bunch of people in yeah, Greece exactly. in like leotards and like or whatever it was back in the day, which is exactly killing my tigers point. with which their is, hands. The yeah, thing is, is exactly if you're not gonna point. if you're not gonna pay people that spend four years dedicating their life rowing down up and down Kingston Thames to come eighth, like when are, you know when yeah. are we in a situation where like suddenly it becomes you know mm. corporate protectionism yeah and i think that's the problem with the olympics is like basically no the reason that russian athletes aren't getting suspended is because no one wants to push the button in that region everybody's too scared well they well they spent they've sent so many troops to nato you know nato sent so many troops on those borders do i mean georgia you know and bearing in mind they got the world cup in three years do Mm, i mean can you imagine turning around to him and saying you know you're you know, institutionalised doping of athletes is accept- is unacceptable. People don't want to fuck with him. No. They're, they're all on some kind of something. Surely, I would need it to get through that shit. I think some of them won, and I think that's the situation that sucks. But, no, but you, I mean, everyone in the Olympics. But it's like a, it's, it's like a cultural boycott, you know, in apartheid mm. or whatever. Mo like, Farah, you draw a line, and that's it. Mo Farah, he's on something. Corn. He says it on TV, he's on corn. And that, that shit works <laughs> for him. He's on corn. He's on corn. But he just like eats. He just eats a lot of corn. He is. He is shit. the worst. He loves that corn shit. He he's the it. worst spokesperson he's for a, anything he's ever. He's addicted to that corn shit. Have you seen the, the advert? No. As a corn advert. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mo Farah. Yeah, I run really fast because I eat corn. Most I don't have people, a, don't have a most, TV, so I most just people the, the kind of it. like play run around table tennis. He was playing run around tennis on corn. Holy shit! I reckon ban that motherfucker. What? Is it, he had he had so much doping. <laughs> hey, corn corn is the most likely to be GMO anyway. Oh fuck yeah! Oh fuck yeah! I oh, think we're onto yeah. something. I think I, we're onto, I think I think we're, I think there's a conspiracy at work here. Corn genetically modified corn. Mo Farah. Fucking hell. Just to think, 10 minutes ago we were talking about felching. I was going to go somewhere with that, but then I, I decided maybe not a good idea. I don't know anymore. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so definitely drunk right now. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, wrestling, MVP. So, people were booing my mate, right? Yeah. I don't know how I felt about that. I felt very protective. I wanted to... You should uh, feel proud. That's what he wanted. That, that's what I said to him after. And he was like, no, it's good. He goes, I don't care. I don't care whether they're booing or they're clapping. I feel great. No, I was like, cool. He's so probably surprised. That's what I say after my DJ sex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I say after sex. He's, pro- <laughs> He's just probably proud that in the arena of all the youngsters and all the hardcore wrestling fans, there was yeah. still somebody that missed the point. You know, he's probably yeah. just happy that, that you were that guy. Do you know what I mean? It's true. I mean, I'd... He's he's a good dude. He's amazing. He's fucking brilliant. He's he's an underrated wrestler as well. Yeah. You know, de- dedicated a very very long t- like you know his background's mad, isn't it? 
if you think Sounds about like it, the stories he's told me is just insane. But just like just because because also because he went he went he was in jail yeah, and, exactly, he, and, yeah, he learned, a, and he learned to wrestle in jail and then he came out and he and he killed it. You know that's fucking crazy. And he left and he left wrestling to further the art form. And like you're laughing I'm away. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just thinking about. <laughs> have you got a montage in your head? Are you, are you, what, song, what song is the, What song is playing in your montage? Um, I um, am a Frozen. real American. Frozen? Yeah. That's not a montage Frozen. song. It's a, it's a damn good montage song. I, I, I will, I will kick you That's bullshit. No, you, what you really need is like, Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. That's a good montage song. I was told a story by someone who will, whose, whose name will, will stay. Was it Britney Spears? Unmentioned. No, it wasn't Britney Spears. Because I've got, I want to talk I to you about the Britney Spears story. I do have a Britney Spears story. I know, that's what I was going to ask you about. I do have a Britney Spears story. So tell me about Britney Spears. <laughs> Go on. I want to know your Britney Spears, I want to, Britney, I want to know your Britney Spears story. Um, I've been excited to ask you. Britney. No, the Britney Spears story, it was kind of, it was like when back in the day with the lives, we, we just played, um, CBGB's just before it had closed. Wow. Like it really How was that? It, fucking, it was Sorry, you shit. Was it? Really? Yeah, it was Good. awful. <laughs> oh. It was fucking awful. Because it's a long strip of a bar mm. with no soundproofing whatsoever. So you start playing on what stage. What the staff like there? Were they, were they nice? The staff didn't give a flying fuck. Right. Yeah, didn't give a flying true. fuck. And the worst thing is, like back in the day, back in the heyday, this is what when we just kind of finished touring Europe. So we're still being dicks. And we just started touring America. So we're major dicks because right. we'd never been touring in America beforehand. We arrived at CBGB's and just kind of like, we just kind of decided that we needed to kind of drink straight away. It, it, it was an amazing feat for us to do, but it was also kind of like, at that young age, kind of like ultra embarrassing for like Pete, Carl, especially John. When John did, when John did it, John was still, what, 21 at that point right. in time. And he was still, he, he you know, he... Now he's completely clean, but he was still kind of a, like a weed smoker, and he just kind of like cleaned himself up from smoking crack, and 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 but and and was kind of still drinking, but it was 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 kind of on the underpath of sorting himself out. And it was loud, it was raucous. Every every everybody thought they were cool in there, and it kind of wasn't. Yeah. So unfortunately for us, it's kind of one of those things that is flown by us mm. it should be a, a riotous momentous occasion for us I think just like getting we, to play there is pretty you know, yeah, Jamie it should, is, it should be but unfortunately line. for us it's it, top it, table for punk rock uh, unfortunately place, it? it just didn't kind of feel like that it right. was kind of we, we, we arrived was and that from being just in the circuit of it, was like, just, it, was, it literally was just, just encompassing the environment right. and then kind of arriving after everything that we'd done okay yeah. it was kind of we were just kind of like maybe would you do it differently if you were doing it if it was just I think now. we'd do I think we'd do it exactly the same to be honest right. if we were doing it now I think we would do it exactly the same okay. I, but I think it was more to do with the fact that we were just kind of so unsure of ourselves mm. that we had no idea at that point in time, what it actually meant to play in CBGB's. Yeah. If we were actually more assured of ourselves, we would go there and go and be the band that would say, oh my God, we're playing CBGB's. Mm -hmm. But we arrived and we were like, uh, where's the stage? Uh, I, I, I've got no idea. Mm -hmm. um, so, so wait a second, so wait a second. All of this, very interesting, but none of it involves Britney Spears. 
Stop laughing at me. <laughs> to, 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 well, laugh at me. Tell me more about that cut and Hey, no, tell no, me no, about no. Britney Spears, damn it. No, no, but this, no, this is quite serious. This is quite this, this okay, is this cool. is quite serious. Right, cool. Bear with me, drink your beer. <laughs> <laughs> like prior to like flying out to New York, we were playing a show. We we're playing Summer Sonic in Japan. Okay. And we and but prior to that, we were playing um, a pub in Islington, which I the Lark in the Park. Which okay. doesn't exist anymore. Playing the lock in the park, yep. and we had a meeting outside of the lock in the park with reference to us flying out to Japan. Mm-hmm. And while the meeting was happening with our then manager Benny Pucci, my phone was like constantly, re- constantly ringing. And then eventually, I was just like, oh, "Fuck me, just, just give me a minute." I picked up the phone. It was my younger brother, and I said, "Julian, what you, what you went, what you went?" Stephen's dead. Most people know me and my American kind of like affiliation and so forth. The person that I hung out the most with was my cousin Stephen. Right. Died of renal failure. Everything just collapsed. Yeah. Everything collapsed. And in that, like, 10 minutes before we played at the lock in the park, I had literally everybody in New Jersey calling me up regarding what was happening with me when we eventually arrived in New Jersey. Post-Japan, yeah. Post-Japan. Post-Japan, yeah. everything. Um, but most importantly, my aunt Cynthia, who was yeah. Stephen's mom, yeah. who said, I want you to come with me to choose a gravestone. Right. Don't worry, this has kind of a happy ending. It sounds kind of grim, but it does have a happy ending. Right. So I'm so it's like, I, I, spoke, I spoke to my aunt Cynthia, and she was like, yeah, I know you got the show this time because you sent the schedule mm-hmm. pri- prior and stuff, so all, all good. So everything's good. We go to Japan. We have a great time in Japan. I'm as much of, of a dick as I am normally Never. in Japan. It's totally fine. It's not a problem. We get to New York. We play. Um, we play. Um, what do we? What do we play? On Canal Street in New York. Blah blah blah. I can't remember what it's called. CBGB. Did you play? No, no, no. We play CBGBs and we play somewhere else. But then we went. But then we went to. What was the point of the CBGB story? So I, 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 I can't remember. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by the place. I'm a, nobody, nobody played Somebody there. Somebody brought up CBGB. No. What does this have to do with Britney Spears? Sorry. No, I'm going to get there. Right, I'm going to get there because you this better. is about we played we we played we played we played CBGB first. Okay. And mm-hmm. after we played the show in Deluxe in Brooklyn, I was going to go directly to my grand's right. in New, New Jersey. Jersey. And then my aunt was going to come pick me up, and we're going to choose a gravestone. Right. But we came off the stage. And there was American management, there was UK management, there was labels everywhere. And yeah. they were all kind of sat around me and they just kind of said, like, um, we've got like a studio time booked for tomorrow. Mm. We know you've got something booked for tomorrow as well that, 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 is, that is equally as, as important. And I was just like, fuck now. I'm not fucking doing it. And then finally I had my manager saying, um, so are you going to call your aunt? Because she knew what was going on. Yeah. And she's like, can you call your aunt to say that you're rescheduling? I had to call my aunt and saying, I'm really, really sorry, but I'm not going to make it. I've got... And she was just like, I understand you're working. It's totally fine. Which made me feel better. But the next day I woke up, I remember I, I put the TV on and, and I had my breakfast and I was just kind of like... And I just kind of looked over at the door and this note slipped underneath the door and I was like, oh, what the fuck is that? So uh, so anyway, I kind of like saw the note and all of a sudden everything just kind of just fucking just kind of dropped. And I was yeah. like, oh, so, so I realized it's not going to happen. Mm. Then, funnily enough, I get a call from my friend, Dana Dynamite, who knew where I was going. He knew that's a great name. Please tell me that's a real name. And she called us up and she's like, where are you? And I was like, I'm in, I'm in the flat. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing in the flat? You're supposed to be in New Jersey. And she was like, 
I'm coming over. I haven't, I haven't even finished the story. And she, at this point in time, is kind of like seeing, hanging out with, with Ashton Kutcher. So right. she and Ashton, they come over and they see me being extremely, extremely pissed off. And I explain the scenario to them. Mm-hmm. And Ashton's like, fuck it, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get, we're gonna, we're gonna get some food. And Ashton is all of, all of the time looking at me. This is why I don't get what any fucking says. Fucking great guy. And Ashton, Ashton <laughs> Venger said... Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Lovely bloke. Yeah, no, fucking great guy. Ashton, Ash, Ashton Venger said... All right, fuck it. I'm gonna, we're going to go see one of my friends. Let's go. Yeah. We get in his car and we're like, we drive and we, we end up at this building in, in kind of the meatpacking meat district. We get in this elevator and we go up this elevator. Yeah. And then I'm just kind of stood there thinking, I, I, all the time I thought, I just remember thinking to myself, I just want to go back to my room yeah. and just chill. Until the elevator door just kind of opened up and this girl just went, how y'all doing? And I looked and I went, wait. You're Britney. <laughs> and she was so fucking cool. The whole fucking night, she was awesome. She had no idea what was going, going on in my life. No idea whatsoever. You did meet her she with Ashton just, Kutcher? I met her with Ashton Kutcher, yeah. That's fucking insane. You're damn straight it is. That's <laughs> Britney Spears was awesome. I don't give a fuck what, what anybody was, what says. What was the maddest thing she said to you? Um, I don't know. I got quite drunk. What, was, what did she eat? What kind of snacks does she like? There was no snacks. There were no snacks I'm whatsoever. Interested. I don't want to meet her anymore. There were no snacks whatsoever. There was talking. There were like lots of people. Well, there, were, there weren't even lots of people around. I think when we arrived, there was about maybe eight or so people around. And they were just all very, very cool. None of them were... You, you know, normally, especially in London, mm. you get to shortage and stuff and all of the, those supposed to be cool eras. Uh, and, and none of them yeah. were like that. Yeah, none yeah, of them. Yeah. Everybody was like, hi, how you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nice meeting you. And they would all chat to you. And I was just like, what the fuck am I? Mm. Jesus. It was, it, was, it, was, it, it was kind of like a very cool epitaph to a very, very shit day. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I hope... Did you make more... it to New Jersey? The day, uh, the day later, yeah. Cool. Good. So you did it in the end. Mm. Good. Oh, well, that's all right. We did the day, the day later. Fuck. With a massive hangover. I definitely would have... But a massive hangover that I was more than happy to have. Because you were because... there all night drinking with Britney Spears? Yeah, I was. Jesus Christ. I was there all night drinking with Britney Spears, and I was there all night with friends that actually cared about me at that point in time. That's a good at, point. at a point in time in my life where Ashton Kutcher and my friend Dana knew exactly what I was going through. And they were just yeah. like, fuck it, we're going to power through it. And these were the people that I actually needed around me at that point in yeah, time. That's nice. So I was like, yeah, that's, that, that's totally cool. Wow. No one else did. No one else? Not Christina Aguilera. Libertines. Not Christina Aguilera, not Anastasia. None of them cared of the time. What year no, was it, this? No, I'm it, trying it, to think of it, other it, pop stars it, from it, that time. It was a very, very sore moment in my time with the yeah. band. It right, must have right, been right. really intense. It was extremely intense. And yeah. those guys knew it was intense. Right. Because they knew they fucked up. Yeah. They knew yeah, they yeah. totally, totally fucked up. But, but, but it wasn't just fucking up it was something that was massively yeah. important on was it just, any level were they just were people just miss, like missing this miss, like missing the situation because they wrapped up in everything else or yeah. was it yeah. right yeah. yeah that must have been hard it was no matter how exciting everything is it's like it's life well the thing was like, I, I remember we had I can't remember what we had to do next but we had shit to do the next day, and I was just like, you know something? Yeah. 
I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm not fucking doing it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but yeah. I knew in my heart of hearts, I couldn't fucking do that. Yeah, yeah. If it's something that I have to do, I've got to fucking do it. Yeah. And even if it's kind of like coming close to something else, I don't give a fuck. I've got to do it because I've committed myself to it. Yeah, right. And I'm not, I don't give a fuck about letting anyone else yeah. down. I'm letting myself down if I don't follow through and do what I yeah, say I'm going to do. It's real life. It's real life. And that's way more important than the music bullshit. Fuck, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You fucking know it. Yeah. And I know you know it. And I know the majority, majority of people listening to this, they know yeah, real life be, too. They might still be wanking. And that's why we like you. So I still be Pokemon gooing. That's why we don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> if they've been wanking for for that story, yeah, oh like God. maybe you motherfuckers, you should you should tune out. Maybe they need to find another place on the internet to hang out. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and there's there's a lot of them. That's a beautiful, perfect moment to say thank you very much to my guests for coming down to the Thanks for Trying podcast episode six. Sam Duckworth and Sam Duckworth. I've had a few too many <laughs> scales. Sam Duckworth and Gary Powell. Thank you very much. Mic drop. Done. You have been listening to the Thanks for Trying podcast episode six with my very special guests Sam Duckworth and Gary Powell of the Libertines. Thank you to everyone who came down into the front room to listen to this episode. Thank you to Monte Alban Mescal. Thanks to Seb White. Um, thank you to you for listening thanks to everyone that was tuned in on the Facebook live stream for the next episode keep watch to my Facebook fan page of The Last Skeptic because we will be doing a live stream of the, the next one as well which will be next month thanks for trying podcast will return in September Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.